Hi, guys and gals, gals and guys. Welcome. Welcome to the mustache sessions. So I got my tattoos today, and I've been looking forward to this all week long. Because I went and I met with a tattoo artist earlier and set up an appointment for today, and I've just been waiting a week to get these done. There are actually some cover-ups that uh, relate back to my marriage, my first or my third husband. Um, I believe that it meant a lot to him for me to get tattoos that had his name or had symbolic meaning to him because um, there was nothing that, you know, I could really give him that he was the first for for me except for that because in all my previous relationships and marriages like I flat out just refused to ever get a man's name tattooed on me or anyone's name other than like my children or my parents things of that nature but anyway I did make that mistake in my last marriage and two of the tattoos are on my hands actually on my fingers uh one on my marriage ring finger i work in the trades and i've never been able to wear my wedding ring out on the manufacturing floor so we decided tattoos was the way to go since i constantly wouldn't have the ring on um and the bottom tattoo is um an arrow and not equal sign and then another arrow and it means your past does not equal your future and I decided to keep that I decided that it fits but it was the alchemy symbol for earth that I had on the top of my finger that I really really needed to get covered up um I had a massive issue with that being on my finger because it was supposed to mean that he grounds me the alchemy symbol for earth um we're in the trades you know skilled trades, electrical, um, so it was kind of like a haha, but he definitely did not ground me. He did the exact opposite, so I could not wait to get that covered up. I covered it up with a heart. It looks beautiful. I have to throw some love to Truth Ink Tattoos in Fort Wayne because that's where I got it done today, and I actually walked in thinking that I wasn't going to get a tattoo done because they told me that my artist was sick, but the owner really stepped up to the plate, and he came in and he did the tattoos for me, even with no prior drawings or resources, just did it right there on the spot, and I really, really appreciate that. Everything looks amazing. My other tattoo on my right hand, um, I had half a heart. So that when I held my ex's hand, it would make a heart. And that was actually part of our wedding photos was us holding hands, making that heart. Um, so I turned that into a mustache. And check out my cover art uh, that I'm going to upload. It turned out amazing. Like it really, it fits perfectly. And then the final tattoo that I got is about my recent suicide attempt. And it means a lot to me. And it's actually something that I came up with on my own, and it encompasses four different tattoos in one. So it says, your sins will seek you out, semicolon, let them. So I love it as a saying overall, right? Just saying it, your sins will seek you out, let them. That right there is a great tattoo, number one. Number two, I spelled your with an apostrophe R-E to make it known that it's a noun, your sins. Uh, most of my sins are people, are demons, are um, things that I am running from in my past, my Voldemorts, like we talked about. Uh, 
and they hunt me down and they find me in those moments. So for me, your sins were really nouns. And the way my hair falls, it falls and covers everything else except for your sins. So I like just being able to see your sins on there. But also, um, I loved the fact that it looked like it was a mistake. I love the fact that it looks like it's spelled wrong because I used to be the grammar police. Like, I used to be the grammar police back from third grade on. I had a minor in um, English, and I would go around correcting people from a very young age. And to me, that was me having a sense of control. Um, I have since learned that letting go of that control has really helped me to get closer to other people, has really helped me with uh, my empathetic nature and to be able to reach others. Because when you're being so controlling that you're literally just listening to the other person for their mess ups, their fuck ups, right? You're listening for their mispronunciations. You're listening for their misspellings. You're not listening to what they're saying, You're not listening to the overall message. You are listening to have a rebuttal. You are listening to have a reply, to have the upper hand, to be in control. And I decided that I don't need that kind of control. I don't need that kind of power. Instead of being upset, like when my soon-to-be ex would leave like a cup or something around, I would look at it as, oh, I will miss him when he's not here to leave it now. Now we know the truth, right? Now I won't. (laughs) But (laughs) that's the mindset that you need to take in your everyday life. You really have to try to reframe things into the positive. Um, I'm going to try and list a bunch of tools on today's episode for ways for you to start helping yourself on your own journey, whatever that looks like, whether it's anxiety or depression or suicidal tendencies or PTSD or CPTSD or anything. I just, if, if you can relate to what I'm saying and you want to make a change, then I hope you can put some of these tools into practice and really uproot your foundation and, and take back your power because it feels amazing. So anyway, getting back to the tattoo. So yours spelled apostrophe R-E, your sins, okay? And then the semicolon, so your sins is one tattoo. The whole thing is one tattoo. The semicolon is the representation for a suicide attempt. Um, it's where a sentence could be ended, a story could be ended, but instead it continues on. So that in itself has its own representation. So that's tattoo number three. And then the bottom saying, let them, that is my mantra for all things. I know that I've said that on every single podcast episode that I've had. I've tried to tie it into everything. Um, You have to let people show you who they are. You have to let them. You have to accept people as brutally and raw and honestly as you can be completely open and also let them love you how they want to. You got to be open to these things. So let them. It's really an eye opener. And as I got to thinking more about the the misspelling in the beginning, I got to thinking how I do want somebody that can look at me and see that I have mistakes, right? Oh, there's a mistake on the tattoo, but I'm still beautiful. Like I'm a beautiful mistake beautifully broken, right? Learning from learning from those past fuck ups, gaining those tools and and putting them in my toolbox, really. So let's talk a little bit about more shit my brother says. 
Okay. He believes that you have to eat your words. So this ties into my tattoo. So this is why I'm bringing it up. Remember, I told you that I used to be this this grammar police, right? I would go around correcting everybody all the time and making fun of them if they messed up on something. Well, now I've got this tattoo that some people would look at as having a grammar mistake in it. So I ate my own words. So my brother's example was the dogs. Like he used to think that it was gross when people had a lot of dogs. Now he has a lot of dogs. He ate his own words. Here's another really good example. I told my ex that I didn't want to do a tubal reversal and bring babies into this world for him and do a mini IVF because I was afraid that I would end up single and alone with toddlers. I knew that I couldn't handle him and them because who would have Tiffany? Nobody's putting Tiffany first. So, but by me speaking it out into the world, it then came true later on. So manifestation is not anything new, okay? Speaking what you want out into the universe is something that's been around for way longer than me, centuries, ages. It's in every self-help book that I have found. Um, and it's the power of your mind. I'm, I'm sure that everyone on here would agree with me that your brain believes everything that you tell it. If you were to think back on a memory that you had and like, let's say it was your first truck and, the, and it was brown, but every time you thought back on this memory, you imagined it being red. Over time, you would think that it was red. There's been lots of studies done on this before. Um, you can actually reframe your memories. Your brain will believe everything that you tell it. Okay, so positive manifestations are the only things that we should be saying. Okay, we should not be speaking anything into existence. Watch what you say unless if we want it to come true. So it's time for us to start, you know, standing behind our word. Me especially. I don't say things unless I mean them. That's going to be a way that I have to live my life to help with my tools in my toolbox. And that's a way that you should try to live your life. So when I was up in the institution, I actually got to talk with the lead therapist during group therapy about something similar to this. Okay. So there's been lots of experiments in time about how you can reframe things in your mind. You can reframe emotions and your brain will believe what you tell it. So one study we looked at was people were giving a speech and they told half of them, hey, you're really, really nervous. Tell yourself you're really, really nervous. And they said to the other half, hey, you're really, really excited. Tell yourself you're really, really excited. Because if you think about it, just at its root, at its core, the feeling you get when you're nervous and the feeling you get when you're scared and the feeling you get when you're excited all feel very similar. It's that same thing with the hot and the cold. You know, if you stick your hand in something that's absolutely freezing, like you're playing out in the snow, and then you take it and you run it in hot water, it still feels the same as if it were cold. The heat and the cold, the extremes feel the same. Once you get to the the point of where it's just nerve endings, right? So you can reframe things in your mind. And they told everybody you're going to give this speech and it's going to be graded. This group, tell yourself you're excited. This group, tell yourself that you're anxious. The group that was excited or told themselves that they were excited in that group did absolutely amazing. But the group that told themselves that they were anxious, they did not do good at all. 
So it's all about reframing those feelings. Um, a saying that we were told back then and from the old days is that if you want a girl to fall in love with you, take her to a scary movie or an amusement park because that feeling of being scared, nervous, anxious also feels a lot like falling in love. And you can reframe it in your mind to think that you're actually falling in love with somebody. So your mind is a very powerful tool. And it's amazing that it will believe absolutely every single thing that you say to it. So you got to remember to speak positively. Speak positively about yourself and speak positively only positive manifestations out into the world, not negative don't do that negative speak. Don't fall into that trap of telling yourself, you know, I can't do this or coming up with excuses. Because once you say it out there, you fall down into that trap, you come up with more and more and more excuses. And that's not how you want to live your life. Okay, so how can we avoid falling into those mental traps? Well, there's meditation. And a lot of times I've tried to meditate, and I have felt extremely silly. So what you need to do is really get your mind out of it. Like, don't think on it so much. Like, I had one person tell me that for meditation, all they do is they breathe out their nose and they feel that breath on the top of their lip. Like, that's all they do. Feel it. Concentrate on that. Feel it. The point of meditation is to be mindful, to be present, to be in the moment, to practice releasing intrusive thoughts. Okay. So while you're practicing, trying to meditate, things are going to come in because that's only natural. I'm going to be like, Oh gee, did, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? And then what you're supposed to do is recognize that your brain wandered and say, Oh, bring it on back, bring it on back. And what that does for you is it teaches your brain, it trains you to be able to when you, shit is hitting the fan and you've got 25 million things coming at you at once, you can say, well, bring it on back, bring it on back. Like, I see you, I know that you're there, but you're not important right now. What's important right now is concentrating in the moment, being in the moment. That's why mindfulness and meditation are so important. That's why manifestation is so important. And another important aspect of it is also that you feel the things that you want to feel. So if you're going to be manifesting, right, or if you're going to be trying to bring positive things into existence, you have to actually imagine that those positive things happen and really feel like feel the waterfall of joy just coming all over you, just filling you up with that joy. You have to feel it. You have to believe it. You have to believe that things are possible in order for them to be true. And I don't know why, as adults, we don't believe the things that we did believe when we were kids. We're supposed to be smarter. We're supposed to understand that we are capable. We are capable of learning and doing. The only thing that stops us is ourselves. We spend all of our time up there in our head, you know, telling ourselves we can't do it. We have to stop that negative speak. So another thing that I've done is journaling. I've speaked on the journaling. That's been very, very helpful for me because what I'm able to do 
when I journal is I'm able to get some chronological, you know, journal entries planned out and see where things went wrong. You know, almost like taking a step back and looking in. And once I had put names to those fears and those triggers, once I name those demons, I take their power. Once I understand the whys and the hows and the whos behind everything, then when I'm in those situations, I'm not afraid anymore. Okay? The fear is the unknown. And the only way that you're going to take your power back is by getting over that fear. Another thing that's going to happen from you journaling and making these chronological entries are you're going to get to see your modus operandi, okay? You're going to get to see your MO. You're going to get to know yourself better, which is extremely important. You have to know who you are and you have to accept who you are. You have to love who you are to be able to move past it. Like I said, I'm beautifully broken. I'm beautifully made. I'm a beautiful mistake, a beautiful disaster, you know, making the right choices now. And and I want a man that can stand to see, you know, the tattoo on me that looks like it has a mistake in it and be like, I, you're so beautiful. Right. That means something to me. So another thing that I've been doing that's been extremely helpful, in case you haven't noticed, is podcasting. Okay, so I've been talking it out, but you don't have to you don't have to actually podcast. You don't have to actually tell your story, you know, to the public. You could just actually record yourself on your phone and then play it back. Put in some headphones and just listen to yourself like you wouldn't believe how much you can get accomplished when you become pathetic of hearing yourself tell this sob story over and over and over and over again. And when you hear it out loud, you you can hear the inconsistencies. Okay, you can hear where you fuck up. That's why when I write something, I like to read it out loud before I text it or send it because you can hear the inconsistencies. The same goes with your story. When you're telling other people, maybe you don't hear it because you're speaking to to be heard by somebody else. You're speaking to talk. But if you actually close your mouth and listen to what you said, man, is it eye opening. So that's a wonderful tool that I would suggest that anyone try. Record yourself telling your story and listen back to it and maybe even, you know, take notes on the patterns and the cycles that you see. So something else that I do is the a lot of breathing exercises. Um, I do a lot of deep breathing. And when you're in the middle of an anxiety attack or a panic attack, uh, you might think that you're breathing properly, but you're not because you're you're caught up in that fight or flight response, you know, and you're actually hyperventilating. So one thing that I found that's extremely helpful for me is to not at all focus on like a number or accounting or, you know, thinking that I'm doing it right, but more so focus on a feeling. And that feeling is in the pit of your stomach. Okay. 
every time that you breathe in, and I don't care if you breathe in through your nose, if you breathe in through your mouth, a combination, like whatever works for you is fine. You're in your head too much. That's part of the reason why breathing doesn't work for you because you're in your head overthinking the breathing. Okay. Focus on the feeling in your belly. Every time you take another breath in, try to go deeper in your stomach than you did on the last one. So I want you to maybe try that breathing exercise and see if it helps you in a moment of when you feel like you're anxious or you can't get a grasp or you're manic or, you know, you're, you're spiraling out of control. Go ahead and give it a try. Let me know if it works for you. Another thing that I used to do all the time, and I used to do this to try and make it so I would stop crying, because like I said before, um, that's a trigger for me when I would cry. Uh, all the men in my life would get angry when they would see tears. So the second one tear would fall, I would think that it was like this horrible, horrible thing. And I had to stop myself from crying anymore or they're just going to get more angry at me. And the cycle is just going to continue, continue, continue. So one of the things that um, I would do is actually a Navy SEAL breathing exercise, and it's called box breathing. And it's supposed to help you to uh, gain uh, control of your emotions, get a handle on things, because obviously sometimes in war times, Navy SEALs might see things that are traumatic, but they have to keep going. They're on a mission. So box breathing is the technique that they are taught. And what it is, is you breathe in for a count of four, and then you pause for four. Now, you don't hold off. You don't, like, cut it off real hard. You just pause. You're not trying to hold your breath. You just pause for a count of four. Then you exhale for a count of four. Then you hold for a count of four. So, like, the four sides of a box or a square, that is is box breathing. It's just that simple. Don't worry about whether it's your mouth, your nose, anything like that. Like, just do it. And you will find a way or you will find out that it does help you to regain a hold on your emotions. But what worked even better is accepting your emotions. And that's where I'm at now. Instead of doing box breathing, I tell myself, okay, we're crying. That's okay. Why are we crying? You know, it's okay to cry. It's a normal emotion. Like we cry when we're little because we can't talk. It's a form of communication. It means that we need something. We're reaching out because we have a need, a want, an emotional need that needs fulfilled. Okay, we're crying because we're asking somebody that loves us to fill it. Well, be that person that loves yourself enough to fill it. Okay, because you deserve it. You do. You really you really do deserve it. So when you get really, really overwhelmed, something that helps me is to think of the right here, right now. Okay, so I want you to imagine that you're going through a maze, okay, and you come to a crossroads. Am I going to spend all my time standing at this crossroads worrying about where the finish is, thinking 20 steps ahead where the finish is? No, I'm. do I go left or right? That's it. That's all that you need to focus on is the right here and the right now. And you deserve it. Let's talk about you believing you deserve it. I'm going to challenge you to love yourself. Like if you are struggling with depression and you are struggling with self-hate and negative speak, try this on for size. Okay. Is slavery wrong? Yes. 
Why? Because every human being has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay? So if you are a human being, that's it. That is the only criteria. That is it. For you to deserve some kind of dignity in this world, your own space, okay, your own worth and love. So try saying to yourself that you do deserve love and imagine what it would feel like for someone to love you for nothing other than you just being. Not for something funny you said, not for the way you look, just 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 for being here. For being you, being alive, being on this planet, because that's how much you deserve it. That's how much you deserve to be loved. Just for being. So try that on for size. Practice how that feels. If you can, if you can logically understand how other people deserve life, liberty, love, dignity, why don't you? Why don't you? Because you did bad things? Okay, own up to them. That's the only way. The only way out is through. So I'm really excited for these next um, couple upcoming episodes. I have an upcoming episode that I'm going to try to do with my um, my brother. I sent him a text message. He hasn't got back to me yet, but I'm going to, I think I'm ready I'm going to try putting together a gun, touching a gun. So guns are massive triggers for me. I need to get, but now I understand why, like we talked about in the past episodes. I need to get to the point where I understand that they're just a tool. So I want my brother to completely rip apart the gun, put the pieces in front of me, and teach me how to rebuild it. We'll do it together. We'll do it on an episode. I want to see how that goes. I want to see if I really am better because I feel like I am. Like, I feel like I could be around one right now and that I could reframe it and understand what my issue is with them, but also understand that those people aren't here and that it's just a tool. Once I can get that understanding that it's just a tool, it's not dangerous. The gun itself is not dangerous. It's just a pencil. Okay? I just need to get to where I understand that it's a tool. And then I have another episode coming up that I'm so excited for. I'm going to do a trip episode. So um, everybody knows that I've said I wanted to try microdosing shrooms and I wanted to try uh, ridding myself of ego and things of that nature. Well, I'm planning a trip in the near future to go stay up in Michigan and uh, mushrooms are already criminalized there. They have a shroomery that you can go to and I'm going to have a buddy that has agreed to come with me and I'm super excited for us to do a trip episode <laughs> together and yeah, I'm sure that you guys will really enjoy that. So before I go, um, my mom gave me a book uh, called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff. And this book is like old, right? It's from like the 90s. I remember it being on the back of the toilet growing up. And I flipped to a page to kind of give you guys a little tidbit of, you know, a way to leave off of here other than the only way out is through. And I'm going to challenge you guys. I already challenged you on the self-love. I'm going to challenge you on one more thing, okay? I want you to search for the grain of truth in other people's opinions. 
the grain, okay? So whatever a criticism is that you've been hearing from others, I want you to try accepting it. Just try accepting it and then see if that makes it lose its power. See if you can understand where the other person is coming from. Because these criticisms, these failures that we think are so horrible, right? Just accept it. That's what I did with the cheating, right? On my net, on my last episode, I talked about how it was once, twice, three times a whore, no times a lady. Like, come on. That is extremely negative self-speak, but also is accepting the criticism so I can take the power away from it and move on. It's like, okay, what you got now? All right, go ahead, throw that at me. And it doesn't matter what you did then. What matters is that you can change. So look at the criticisms that people have about you in your life, the active ones. Are you too closed off? You know, do you have a wall? Are you too defensive? Do you talk too much? I know I do. (laughs) Anyway, the only way out is through people. Thanks for listening.